Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Coming to you from the basement studio at Eat More Barbecue World Headquarters, this is Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast. Welcome to episode number 161 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. The godfather of the grill joins me on the show this week. Ted Reeder is the author of 21 Cookbooks. He is a trained chef, former professor, and past and current restaurateur. He's also a legend in barbecue and grilling. My conversation with Ted is coming up right away after a few important messages. Have you checked out After the Cook live on YouTube every Tuesday and also in podcast form on all your favorite podcatchers? Eat More Barbecue Digital Media is pleased to be helping with production of the podcast version of the show. To find out how Eat More Barbecue Digital Media can help you with consulting, recording, voice work, or full production, email us at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. That music you're hearing in the background is one of two new original compositions by my friend Alan Horbin who has graciously provided all of the music you hear on this podcast. Check him out on YouTube. That's Alan with one L, Horabin, H-O-R-A-B-I-N. He's a great guy and a very talented musician, and I appreciate his support of the show. This portion of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you by the Business Council of Alberta. Have you ever wondered what it takes to create a good life and an equally good society? One where people, business, and the environment can flourish? Alberta Better, a podcast by the Business Council of Alberta, is on a journey to understand what it takes to create a good life here in Alberta and how we, as Albertans, businesses, and government, can shape our society so everyone prospers. Find new episodes of Alberta Better on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash Podcast. That's businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. New episodes drop every other Tuesday. Welcome, everybody, another episode of the podcast, and uh, very excited to have the godfather of the grill on the show tonight. Uh, Ted Reeder is a, a cookbook author with over 21 cooks, uh, cookbooks. Sorry, he's a trained chef, a restaurateur, a professor, and uh, I'll say a legend in the Canadian uh, barbecue scene, grilling scene. So, Ted, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. How are you doing today? Good, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. That's Hello to everybody out there. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, question before we get into uh, your story a little bit. Uh, what does barbecue mean to you, Ted? A whole lot of fun and a whole lot of tasty. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that would, to sum it up, I mean... Yeah, that's, that's really it mm -hmm. for me. Um, it's a passion. Yeah. I've been and and barbecue is, is only one dimension of my, my life. I've, I've been into food since I was a little kid Yeah, and, uh, went through culinary school and, and did my training and worked in a variety of different restaurants and hotels. And I've had a, had a really great career mm -hmm. in the food service industry and in the uh, and that's a blessing in itself so for me it's all about the food mm -hmm. it's all about the food that to me is what it is it's respect for the food it's making better food every time you get out there and cook and it's about trying 
and you shouldn't be afraid. You should just get out there and do it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna screw some stuff up from time to time, but uh, uh, get out there and try uh, things. You right? should. Yeah, you should. That's how you. If you don't make mistakes, you're not going to get any better. Exactly. So you got to push push the envelope. You've got to push yourself to to do more mm. uh, to make it better than yeah. it was the last time you cooked it. And that's my philosophy. Yeah. Uh, every brisket at my restaurant every day gets the same attention and love as the ones the day before. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's an important aspect to have that consistent product going. Uh, I, I got to say, I have an amazing pit master at, at the Joint Barbecue, and his name is Chef Bender, Ezio. And he's, uh, I tell you, that boy, for only a guy who's only been in the smoking game for less than three years, smokes a pretty mean brisket. Nice. Wow. So, yeah, it's about the food. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, and you, you kind of touched on it there. Uh, uh, into food and cooking from a young age. Talk about kind of some food memories or inspirations growing up. Where did the where did the food bug come from? I guess. Oh, I would say it started through my my parents and my grandparents. My mother was from Latvia. My father is a Newfoundlander, uh. and uh, my grandfather worked all over the world for in the pulp and paper industry and uh, ate, ate food everywhere and always told me stories about mm. the food. It was always about the food. You know, this pastry came from this bake shop or this steak came from this butcher. Nice. It yeah. was about finding the best ingredients to give you the best food experience, and and that was something that I that I learned a lot from my grandfather, mm-hmm. my mom's dad. Yeah. Um, but both my parents were always do what you want to do. Go mm-hmm. out and you know if you want to cook, go cook. So I cooked. Excellent. And that was that was where it is for barbecue. It was my dad. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a grill. We didn't have a gas grill. We didn't have a Weber kettle. We had a wheelbarrow filled with charcoal <laughs> and a and a refrigerator shelf on it. Perfect. And Does that's the trick, yeah. what I learned to cook on. Yep. And that was, you know, probably when I was seven or eight years of age. Mm-hmm. And that grill lasted all the way through through high school. Yep. Nice. And, and that's, you know, for me, it's, I think, humble beginnings. Yeah. And just having fun and a drive to, you know, to cook. Mm-hmm. I just want to cook. Yeah. I like to cook. I'm a working chef. Yep. Um, I like to get dirty. Awesome. Um, and then from there, George Brown College, uh, doing a little research on the website, uh, culinary school, you got your chef training there. Uh, I, I got my culinary management, uh, uh, training from, from George Brown back in 83, 84, 85, yep. uh, met a whole bunch of friends that have been friends with for years since culinary school mm-hmm. and colleagues and friends and, and, uh, you know, lovers and everything else that happened way back then it was it was you know the the food industry is a insatiable business and it's a it's a passionate business and if you're still in it at at 58 and 60 years of age you're you're going well you know i love it yeah i like to work and i like to play and i like the food so uh that's there i when i was 26 i became the chef of the the sky dome okay hotel yeah uh, through till about 92. And then I went to work, uh, for, uh, Canada's largest grocery store chain at the time, President's Choice Loblaws. Right. And I was the, the chef to Dave Nickel and, yeah. uh, got into product innovation and product development and developed the, uh, 
the box meat program for President's Choice and Loblaw Brands back in the 90s. Excellent. And uh, helped write the Dave Nickel cookbook. That was my first work that I worked on. Yeah. And, uh, and then the book bug went from there, Cottage Country Television. And, and uh, you know, I've had, I've had a fun career. Mm-hmm. Worked for race car teams and sports teams and had some fun and cooked some food and got to see the world. Yeah, you've had quite a, uh, a varied career, does it, not just working in restaurants, but you've kind of had the opportunity to do a lot of different stuff. So, Yes, for yep. sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm not just uh, out of a restaurant. My mm-hmm. my retail food service product development uh, background is quite uh, in, extensive. And it's a lot of fun. It's opened multiple doors and it's a different understanding of how food gets created mm-hmm. versus what you do in your kitchen or what you do in a chef's kitchen uh, or, or what you do in your bar- barbecue backyard pit. Yep. Um, you know, I can at my at my backyard, I cook one brisket. Uh, at the restaurants, we uh, we may cook five, six, seven, eight, ten briskets in a day. Sure. When uh, I work in food processing, we're cooking, you know, ten thousand briskets at a time. Yeah. And so there's there's lots to learn, and the process is never the same for what you do as a single one no, absolutely. to five or six to to five hundred. Yeah. And yeah. so you have to adapt and learn that. And that's that's I, I love this business because it's ever evolving and ever changing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never boring. Yeah. yeah, I hear that a lot from restaurant folks that will have backyard cooks come to them and say, "Oh, I can cook a brisket just as well as you can." A uh, big difference cooking one brisket in your backyard as opposed to cooking a hundred a day, every day, and uh, keeping that quality there, right? So it's a big, uh, a big, uh, big jump from cooking a single brisket in the backyard to. For sure, yeah. and it's it's a difference. You know, a lot of a lot of guys and girls go, oh, "I want to open a barbecue restaurant because I make great barbecue," and mm-hmm. everybody tells me how great it is. Um, you know, I wouldn't be in the restaurant game if it wasn't for a thing called COVID pandemic. Right. And uh, I, I liked what I was doing before. And not that I don't like being in the restaurant game now. Yeah. But uh, I'm in my 50s, man. <laughs> I did that when I was in my 30s yeah, and 20s uh, yeah. and in my teens. Yeah. And so I'm still working hard and still yeah. playing hard. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. Yeah. Um, you know, got to evolve. Yes, indeed. Uh, you, the, let's talk about the cookbooks a little. We were actually, uh, out and about here in Calgary yesterday and I walk into a store and, uh, featured on one of the shelves, there's gastro grilling by Ted Reader. So I thought, oh, that's, uh, how do you like that? You know, <laughs> thank you. And, uh, uh, that's, uh, that, that was the last book I wrote. Okay. I've been in the process of another one and, but that book I wrote in 17 days Wow. back in, uh, 19, uh, sorry, in 2012. Okay. And in 2000, it, it launched in 2013, and in 2014, it won uh, best uh, best uh, cookbooks uh, single subject English language for Canada. But it won gold medal for that, and it also won gold medal that year at the uh, National Barbecue Association Awards of Excellence in nice. the in the U.S. Yeah. So the the I, I love to write. I, I've written now 21 published pieces yep. and uh, working on number 22 awesome. and then a few others will come down the line after that. Yep. It's uh it's a fun thing to do. I love to write yep. and uh, I cook it, I write it and, and create it from there. 
Yeah. Now you mentioned the the Dave Nichols cookbook was kind of the launching point for that. Was there? Uh, is that something you realized early on that you wanted to do, or was being pulled into that project? Did that kind of turn you on to it, or where were you at? Well, it, it, a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, I never really thought about writing books before before that opportunity. Yeah. Um, I was working for Loblaws, and and I had a number of projects. And my mm-hmm. one project, my first project, was to to help finish the the recipe development of uh, of the of the Dave Nickel cookbook. And so my start into it was really the development of recipes. How do you, how do you create the recipe using certain products? Mm -hmm. How do you make them, uh, understandable and, uh, simplified so that consumers, the average cook in their home could make something that Mm -hmm. is a little bit more than average and takes them out of their humdrum every day of cooking at home for the family. Yeah. And so I learned how to develop a recipe mm. and, and I learned to develop my recipe work to a man that had an incredible palate, that had an incredible memory for the flavors that he tasted. Okay. And Dave Nichol was, was, um, was an incredible man and mm. probably the most impressive palate I've ever come across in my entire career. Yeah. And so to be able to work for him and to learn from him on how to taste and how to taste from the team at, at President's Choice, because they're all super tasters Mm -hmm. and understanding the complexity of a recipe, whether it's a homemade chocolate chip cookie or the President's Choice decadent chocolate chip cookie, um, they're made differently. Mm -hmm. And, and you, and when you taste, you have to taste for layers. Yeah and definitions and all of the senses of taste come together and you 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 find yourself having to think about what you're tasting right right i i i'm forever to my guys at the restaurant salt and pepper Mm. more salt and pepper more salt and pepper season your food Mm. chefs season their food if you don't season your food you're not making great food you need to season yeah now just yeah uh, for myself, I I remember Dave Nickel from the the President's Choice commercials kind of early on. Uh, for folks that are maybe uh, a little younger that are listening or outside of the Canadian market, can you kind of talk about who he was a little bit and uh, his role there with Loblaws and Superstore? And well, he was he was the uh, he was a businessman. Yeah. He uh, was a lawyer and uh, graduated Harvard uh, Business School. Okay, and uh, went to work in the financials game and ended up um, working with his friend, was hired by uh, Galen Weston right. to come in and help fix Loblaws. Okay. Loblaws was, this is back in the, in the, in the late seventies was not doing very well in the okay. retail grocery market. And so Dave and a number of other people came on board and they had a vision and it started with the no-name vision, mm-hmm. and they they didn't create that. They saw that somewhere. Yeah, uh, I believe it was in France, and they said, "Wow, that's a really great idea. Let's start that." And so, no-name started first, and then he was the president of of a division of Loblaws, which was called Loblaw International Merchants, and they would buy and bring in, and he found special things and private labeled them under President's Choice, the Insider's Report, and he. Um, he was 
the really the founding father of private label. Right. Um, not uh, he's the one who took it to the level it's at today. Yeah. President, what a lot of people don't know is that Loblaw's grocery store chain taught Walmart how to develop grocery store products and to create their own private label brand. Interesting. And there was a team of employees from Loblaws living in Arkansas oh, wow. showing the way on how to do this. So it's interesting. Um, Dave Nickel paved uh, uh, the private label world yeah. uh, highway. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and it was uh, all about the flavor. Yeah. Flavor first, price second. Yeah. That doesn't exist today. Yeah. Yeah. Different, uh, different story now. Yeah. Uh, the joint. Yeah, your 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 current restaurant. Uh, talk about that uh, at a golf course uh, in Ontario. There, right? So um, yeah, when COVID hit last year, yeah, uh, there wasn't a lot going on mm -hmm. for a lot of us. Yeah, some of us continued to work, but those like myself, um, there wasn't a lot of work. So I have a friend who was in the golf business, had some uh, golf courses, and had an empty restaurant, and he said. Do you want to open up a barbecue joint? And I said, can we call it the joint? And he said, let's call it the joint. And so five weeks later, we opened the joint and mm -hmm. we're brisket and burgers and we're all live fire. Yep. We don't use pellet grills or pellet smokers. We don't use gas grills or um, box smokers. We are hardwood and charcoal all the way through. It's a long process. Yep. It's an everyday process. And we have a limited menu. And we make fun food, and it's mm -hmm. about the briskets and the burgers and nothing more. We grind our burgers in-house, and we grill them on charcoal. We use fresh ingredients. Uh, we don't skimp. Yep. We give a good portion size, and we give a good value. And that's, uh, that's what we try to do. We're, we're at the Eldorado Golf Club. Our website is under eldoradogolfclub.ca. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media... Ted Reader Barbecue the Joint uh, is uh, is my Instagram or at Ted Grills is the other Instagram. Yeah. So the joint uh, evolved. We closed for the winter because we're a golf course. Yeah. And uh, we reopened to close, to close, to yeah. close, to close, to open, to close, to open, to close, to, to finally being open. Uh, everything back open. Uh full out there now for at least for the golf uh golf and uh, restaurant for, industries for now for yeah, now for yeah now, and yeah. i hope so it's yeah. uh it's we've been open uh patty indoor dining opened last friday okay good so that's that's a nice change after 440 some odd days of yeah. not happening yep in the city of toronto there's been a lot of uh there's a lot of anger in the city and there's mm -hmm. a, there's a lot of uh a lot of people that lost a lot of a lot of a lot of life, a lot yeah. of uh, money, yeah. um, lost their livelihood because they just locked everything down. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate. Um, but my, my philosophy goes by a, a book called Who Moved My Cheese? Mm -hmm. And when COVID arrived, our cheese got moved. Yeah. And if you're still waiting for the cheese to come back, it's not. Yep. It's time to move your own cheese yep. and develop your own plan and move it forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and it wash is. your damn hands. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, we. Uh, I think we're a couple weeks ahead of you guys in Alberta here with getting uh, things reopened and. Uh, yeah. So far, so good. So fingers crossed that uh, it continues that way, and we can keep uh, keep the way it is because it's uh, as you've said, it's been a, a long haul, tough haul for the. For many folks, including the food and restaurant uh, 
hospitality yeah. industry. So, yeah, but it'll be good to see it come back. Yes, indeed. And yeah. uh, you know, chefs don't like to be knocked down. Yeah. They get up pretty quick. Absolutely. So that's what you got to do. Yep. Uh, one live. The website mentioned uh, teaching at Niagara College. Is that still something you're doing? I am not doing it any longer. Yep. Uh, I'm too busy with other things. Yep. I also have a couple of young kids, so uh-huh. uh, I like to spend time with my children yep. and, and my wife and my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so something had to give. Uh, it was a part-time position at Niagara College at the yep. Canadian Food and Wine Institute. I loved it. I was mm-hmm. teaching product innovation. How do you come up with the concept of a product that you want to take from a recipe idea and then put it into, you know, a jar right. with a label on it? Yep. And so how do you get from here to here right. in as few steps and meet all the rules and regulations and create a product that in your kitchen is outstanding, but can you make it in a manufacturing facility? Right. And there's, there's lots of cottage industries that have come out of COVID, which are great. Um, you know, they need to, to follow the rules, though, yeah. of food uh, safety. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a lot, of, a lot of people that are making sauces, but they're not getting a pH meter and they're mm-hmm. not testing what their pH is. And they're canning it and thinking it's great and it's going to be good. But in three weeks, it's bubbling over and people are getting sick. Right. Um, there's, uh, you have to be careful. Yeah. You need to really, if you're going to make, get into the food business, then, then do your research Yeah. and make sure that you cross all the T's and dot all the I's and follow the rules of proper health and safety to mm-hmm. prepare Absolutely. a product that goes out to consumers. Yeah. You're not feeding one or two or three or four in your family. You're now feeding hundreds, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's important that you you treat your food properly and and your customers as yep. well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good segue there. You held up the uh, the rub. Uh, <laughs> you talk about that side of the business for you. You've got uh, the online store. I noticed uh, sausage rubs, some merchandise. Yes, at uh, tedreader.com, we do have an online store. We're, we're just launching two new products this week. Mm-hmm. is a jerk bone dust and a hot and spicy bone dust. And so those uh, are being delivered uh, right now in uh, Ontario this week. And I know that uh, Barbecues Galore may take it out in Calgary. Nice. So we're just, we're just working on that right now. Barbecues yep. Galore currently carries... My product line. Okay. If you're in that Calgary area For and sure, want to yeah. get it, you can get it there. Yep. And it's, uh, you know, it's fun. We have five spices right now in one sauce and adding to the lineup and, yeah. and working on new formulations for 2022-23. Yep. And the, the process takes takes time. Yeah. It takes time, right? And yep. And there are a lot of issues that come up. So my jerk spice has taken me a year and a half to launch. Wow. And and it is because of COVID. Yeah. Because in, you couldn't get the ingredients. The, the, the processing plant that I used didn't have the staff. So their R&D list was massive. And so right. you get put into a queue and it takes weeks and weeks. And if you have revisioned, it takes weeks longer and yeah. weeks longer. And so it, it gets frustrating. Yeah. But you got to persevere and go through it, and mm-hmm. that's and that's the the one thing about COVID. It's taught you about perseverance. Indeed, and uh, and and that in Ontario, the Liquor Controls Board of Ontario is always open. 
Good to know. <laughs> so are you working through a co-packer for the, for the rubs? Are you doing it yourself? Yes. Well, yeah. yeah, I create the formula and then yep. I go in with them and then give them what, what I want and they put it together with their ingredients yep. and then we tweak and build from there. Right. So it's, um, you know, there's, and, and you're forever looking at different co-packers and mm -hmm. finding different processors that can do what you want yep. uh, because you got to keep your costs in line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody wants it to be the best of the best of the best, but the reality is um, consumers will only pay so much for yep. the best of the best of the best. And yep. not everybody has a bottomless pit of income. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we can't wrap our spices in gold leaf yeah <laughs> <laughs> right we yeah. gotta be we gotta be we gotta be you know realistic yeah too. you have to have to keep it competitive no. right that that's for sure yeah i that's was uh, for sure. listening to a a fellow barbecue guy down in the states who's just recently just getting into the the rub mix and he's had a he's got a website he's done recipes forever and his rub recipes that he's always put out didn't have salt in them he he's recommended people salt their food first and then apply a rub after. Uh, putting out his own his line of rubs, he was wanting to keep the salt out of them, but quickly learned kind of what you were saying that keeping the salt out, uh, the cost would just be prohibitive. Yeah, uh, so. you have to put you have to put certain things in. Yes, yeah. you can do it without, but yeah. uh, but yeah. there there's certain things that you know any manufacturing manufacturer is going to go yep. uh water is cheaper than everything else yep. and so if you can get water into it fine yep. and dandy yep. and that's the the key but you 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 have to at some point you have to draw the line between taking it too far just based on cost mm -hmm. and i like to keep it as real as possible yep, absolutely. and so you know we we run it and i i don't have a my, my spice line is is not in a ton of stores yeah we're in limited, maybe 50 stores. Okay. And we keep it small right now yep. uh, because I can manage it. Yep. And that's the thing. Yep. Do it you know, And if you want it, you got to really want it. Yeah. That's right. You'll find it right if you want it. So that's it. Awesome. No, that's great. Uh, enough about the business side. Let's kind of talk about uh, some of your favorite things to cook. <sighs> well, gee. I like to cook everything. Yeah. My the things that give me a lot of fun mm -hmm. are things that are really hard to cook. Right. So hearts, livers, mm -hmm. lungs, mm -hmm. kidneys, brains, tongues, tails, snouts, feet, that kind of stuff. Yep. Those are fun. Yeah, the stuff uh, most people and, are getting rid of, right? Right. But mm -hmm. those are the fun things to cook. And if you mm -hmm. can adapt them into barbecue, you can. Mm -hmm. um, you know, watching social media, I've been smoking veal tongue and beef tongue for, I don't know, 20 years. Yeah. Now I see it all over the yeah. all over the net. Yep. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to watch what becomes fashionable. Mm -hmm. But my favorite things to cook, I love a good steak. Yeah. I love a good, uh, I love a good burger. Mm-hmm. You know, chicken. Well, my philosophy about chicken is is uh, chicken is for people who really don't like food, and so <laughs> it's 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 just this, right? You can do a lot to it, yeah. But it sure as hell ain't pork belly, mm -hmm. and so there's there's a difference to it. I like game birds. I like uh, and game meats. Yeah. 
But really, it's not just about the food to cook. It's about the fire that you build. Right. It's the type of charcoal you use or the wood that you use. And you have to account for the weather and the wind and the mm -hmm. rain and the humidity and the cold and the warm. Uh, it, that's the, the greatest thing about barbecue. Um, in Canada, nothing is consistent here. Not right. our government, not our weather. Yeah. And so, you know, they've got record temperatures going on in B.C. Yeah. And here we're, you know, we're hot and humid and raining every day. Yeah. So it's it's a different world. And to cook under those conditions, things change. Yeah. You know, even at altitudes, things change. Things work differently. And you can't expect it to be the same thing. You know, if you're cooking at 3,000 feet above sea level or 6,000 feet above sea level versus, you know, in in the, the, the flats of Saskatchewan. Yeah. Um, there's two different things that are going to happen mm -hmm. and you have to adapt to that. It's little tweaks, but yep. it's things you learn the more you cook. Yep. And, and that's the key. So I'm, you know, for me to, for folks that want to get into the barbecue game, the mm -hmm. smoking game, buy consistently the same product, the same thickness, the same style. So the same weight so that you can really practice the same every time. So right. if you're going to buy a brisket, you know, buy a 12 pound one all the time yeah. or a 13 or 14 or 15 so that that you learn to understand that cook mm -hmm. and manage your smoker with whichever type of smoker you've decided to use. Yeah. And so everyone works a little differently and everyone works differently when you're in the weather. Indeed. And yeah. so you have to be uh, able to adapt. Yeah. Now, do you speaking of you talk about the consistency with you know, buying that same 12 pound brisket? Are you a part of the school that says if you're changing something, don't change more than one thing at a time from one cook to the next so that you can, you know, what, what was different yeah. or, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I've been, I've been cooking so long. I usually sure. solve the problem pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you know, experience, uh, says a lot for, for that. Sure, yeah. And so it's, you know, when I, when I worked at the Sky Dome, we weren't cooking briskets back then. No. Uh, we were cooking prime rib yeah. and we weren't cooking five a day. We were cooking 150 a day. Mm -hmm. And so that it, it, you learn a lot about how to cook large quantity foods yeah. and, and develop that recipe and, and look for what, you know, is going right or what's going wrong and how to create it. Some recipes, some things you'll screw up and it's, you know, the best place for that dish is in the garbage. Yep. And you have to be able to accept the fact that you failed on that one. Yeah. And then take it to the next one. Mm -hmm. And my wife forever reminds me of a meal that I made for her that was shit when we started to date. <laughs> so, like, and that's 32 years later. Yeah. So, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. And so we all have bad days and we all make mistakes. But the, mm -hmm. the, the key is to go back at it and do it again. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to buy a smoker, if you're looking into a smoker, a couple of things I believe in is, is that one ask yourself how hard you want to work first. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Right. I'll, I'll, I get people asking me, Oh, what should I buy? Uh, and I'll, I'll ask that question. How much, how much babysitting do you want to put into it? Right. You no, know, pellet smoker is wonderful. Yeah. You don't have to work super hard. Yeah. Um, there are things you got to do mm -hmm. and not to take away from the quality of what comes out of them, mm -hmm. but it's a lot harder to manage an offset barrel smoker mm -hmm. than it is a pellet smoker. Yep. 
and it's a lot harder to manage an offset barrel smoker in minus 35 yeah. uh, versus a pellet smoker that comes with a coat. Yes. <laughs> right. Yep. So it um, you you have to, you know, you adapt to it and, mm-hmm. and figure out what you want. If you want to go old school, you want to go new school, you want to be quick, you want to just get it in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter as long as you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I have way too many grills and smokers yep. and I have pellet smokers and I don't use them a lot. Yeah. I don't dislike them. I like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like the challenge of an open fire. Yeah. It makes me think, it yeah. makes me work and it makes me work harder to make it better. Yeah. And so that's it. And number two, if you're buying a smoker, um, find a budget, whatever your budget is. Mm-hmm. Add about seven hundred and fifty to a thousand dollars to it, yeah. and then don't forget to add another three hundred to five hundred dollars for the added accessories mm-hmm. that you're going to need. Yep. And lastly, don't forget to go to the barbecue store that you're asked, and ask them to give you a, a receipt for a lot less. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. That's 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 the those are the keys to it. Yep. Right. Just yep. get out there and have fun and do it. That's yep. all you got to do. Yep. So what are your, some of your favorite uh, cookers that you uh, have in the arsenal to cook on? Uh, I love, uh, I love a hasty bake. Uh-huh. Yep. So I have a hasty bake out of Oklahoma yeah. and, uh, I've heard great things. I, yeah. I truly enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I have this one that's no longer made called the German grill. It was made in the United States. It's got these cast iron, um, very rigid, sharp grates on them. Okay. And it's strictly for hot, fast grilling. And yep. it is, it's a, it's a beautiful machine. Mm-hmm. I love the cowboy cauldron and my Coda grill. I, I like my Kamados, yep. all of the ones that I have. I, I like them all. Yeah. And everyone has a reason for me to use it. And I don't know what I'm, you know, tonight, I don't know what I'm going to fire up yep. uh, until I figure out what I'm going to cook. And yep. when I figure out what I'm going to cook, I'm going to look at my uh, back patio and I'm going to go, I'll pick you and then we'll go cook with that one. Yeah. And that's how it, that's kind of how it flows every day. Yeah. Uh, I love my Carson Rodizio as well Mm. because they're just, they're fun. And so you, anything, man, as long as it's, uh, as long as, you know, you have to adapt it. Mm -hmm. Some things are only meant for grilling on. They're not meant for smoking. Yeah. So you have to determine what you want to do. And that's why you should have more than one grill or smoker in your backyard. You should at least have five. I like the way you think. <laughs> I've only got three right now, so I'm uh, I'm missing out. That's all right. Yeah. When I back in in ninety oh ninety four ninety five, I was living in this apartment mm-hmm. up the road from Loblaw's head office. Yeah, and I had five grills and smokers on my balcony. Yeah, <laughs> and. <laughs> and it was uh, it was quite the scene. Yeah, it no was doubt. quite the scene. Yeah. No room to sit. No, no, it was strictly for cooking. Yep. Strictly for cooking. Yeah, I was on the fourth floor. It was, uh, yeah, it's always awesome. a good time. Yeah, for sure. Phew. Yeah. Um, how have you seen, you know, you've been at this a while. Um, how has technology and social media changed kind of how you get your message out? Uh, well, you got to do it. Yeah. If you want to build a brand, you, you have to spend time mm-hmm. at it. Uh, you have to promote. Mm-hmm. It's not something you, you don't have to if you don't want to. No, of course, yeah. Uh, but it it is the new way of media. Yeah. Um, 
people want to be engaged right away. Mm -hmm. They don't want to wait for it. You mm -hmm. know, um, I can call you now. I can eat this now. I can look at this now. I can order a, a funky box from China now. Mm -hmm. I can get whatever, you know, from Japan. There's a, you can get everything from all over the world yep. as long as you're willing to pay for it. And it's got its pluses and its minuses mm -hmm. because there's no more surprises. Right. You know, what I loved about my business travel was I'd go to a different city and I'd go into a different grocery store or a different restaurant and I knew nothing of what was going on. Right. And it was a surprise. Now it's like, okay, I got to go to this guy's restaurant or I got to go to this girl's restaurant or, oh, yeah. I need to see this. But when you get there, there's 8 million people doing the same thing. Yeah. And so now there's nothing that's super special yeah. and finding that really great product that nobody else has. And that when you come home, mm -hmm. right, Yeah, that's what you had, for example. I lived out in Banff, Alberta, back in the back in the the eighties. Nice. And uh, I drank pill mm -hmm. and extra old stock. Yeah. And you couldn't get them anywhere but out west. Yeah. Right. And I would always save when I would travel to Calgary. Always have a pill, or I'd go to Saskatoon. I'd have a pill. Yeah. Right, because it was a special treat. Mm -hmm. Now it's no longer a special treat. Now I can get it at the beer store. Yeah. And I don't buy it because the treat's gone. Yeah. And so, and if they're making it here, well, the treat's not really from there. Not the same anymore, yeah. So you, you know, the, this this opening the world up will have its greatness to it. Mm -hmm. But there's no surprises anymore. Yeah. You know, you can spend all day on that insta slam mm -hmm. and look at it all over the place and look at all this cool stuff yeah um but really the cool stuff is when you go and experience that mm -hmm. and travel and see and touch and feel and taste and smell and cook and go you know i don't eat sushi much in toronto because when i go to vancouver i want the best sushi from tojo right right yeah I don't buy Wagyu beef here because I'll save it for when I'm going to Japan and I can have the real deal when I'm there. Yeah. I don't want to spoil that treat. Yeah. So I'm always looking for the better meal. Yeah. Whether it's a burger or, or a steak or a fish or whatever. Yeah. Um, the better meal. Mm -hmm. And so it's always striving for that. So looking for unique ingredients. But when it's all here, it's, you know, there's nothing special anymore. Yeah, it's uh, certainly as as that has grown, the the world's gotten smaller. I think. Eh? Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. So and, and and I like what I see. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of what I see. I think yeah. it's it's great. Yeah. You know? It's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tough to yeah it makes it a challenge to find to discover those hole in the wall places uh, when everybody uh, everybody else finds them and posts about them, right? So. That's it. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting. Yep. But I still look forward to the travels yeah, of going absolutely. places and finding the places that are new and that yeah. aren't there yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's and the, uh, that's, that's the, challenge. the key. Yeah, exactly. Right? And going to some of the places that have been classic and have been there for years. Yep. You know, like going to Chicago for a steak. Yeah. You can go to the new, the new steakhouses or you can go to the old steakhouses for, the way it was and the way it still is. And it's all about 
that great piece of meat. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I get down to Texas with work. Uh, obviously, not with COVID uh, the last couple of years, but uh, so when I go, I'm I'll try to get some barbecue uh, trips in and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Louis Mueller, Louis Mueller Barbecue and Taylor. The you talk about that yeah. classic place, right? And you know they do the social media, but they've been doing it since the '40s, and it's uh, that's the place for right now. That's uh, yeah, that's the place, and yeah. it's it's I you know. It's 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 a fun, tasty world. Mm-hmm. It truly, truly is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else uh, you wanted to plug or throw out there, Ted? Before we wrap it up. No, I think you know. I I just I'm a I, I'm a barbecue guy. Yeah. I like to cook. I like to have fun. Uh, I can't wait for you know to see for us in Ontario things are slow, mm-hmm. and so life's been pretty frustrating over the last few months. Yeah. But as things open up and as we get more engaged and we get back to a familiar routine because mm-hmm. nothing is going to ever be the same. No. But we will have to adapt and, and modify. I think that the greatest thing about COVID is that it got people cooking. Mm-hmm. It got people going to the store and experimenting and trying new recipes and learning about food mm-hmm. through so- social media. Yep. And that is a plus sign all over the place. Absolutely. Have people and families cook and eat together mm-hmm. had gone from the wayside. Yeah. My family, my my two kids and my wife, we have dinner every night together. We always have. Yeah. But there's so many families that don't do that. And now this has brought families, I think, closer together and brought them to a subject that they all really enjoy yeah. which is the topic of food yeah and who's cooking what or what are we trying today or which should maybe we should try because when you take everything away and the only thing we have left is food uh, it's kind of cool to try 30 different takeout joints since you can no longer go inside yeah right yep so that part i think about people getting in their backyards and cooking and having fun is the best part of the whole thing and yeah. and don't stop doing that. Get out back. Fire up the grills. Fire up the smokers. You know, turn on your stove. Yeah. Just cook yep. and play and make it tasty for your family and friends. You know, the critics of the world don't matter. Yep. The only ones that matter are the ones that are close to you. Yeah, absolutely. Great, uh, great message to end on, Ted. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Just real quick, where can folks, uh, you kind of threw out a few of the, uh, the Instagram handles there, tedreader.com is the website uh tedreader.com or eldoradogolfclub.ca yep and you'll find under there the joint barbecue uh the joint barbecue is in uh on 615 winchester road in uh brooklyn ontario all right and uh uh come see us hang out on the patio play around a golf on the nine holes you'll lose a lot of balls uh, say hello to our chickens that are running around. Nice. Don't get stung by the bees at the apiary. And uh, come for a cold beer and some brisket and burgers because that's what we do. Nice. And we're looking forward to seeing you there. Yep. And it's the joint. So if you want to, well, it's legal now. <laughs> awesome, Ted. Uh, the last question I ask everybody, uh, and uh, you, you've touched on a few things. So given your experience, it might be a tough one to narrow down. But uh it's dinner time. You got the one of the grills fired up. What is uh, what's Ted's uh, go-to meal? Oh, uh, steak. 
Yeah. Is is it, it's a toss up between steak and a burger. Yeah. Every day I could eat either one. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to be a steak, something that's well marbled, mm-hmm. nice and thick, uh, I prefer a bone in strip versus a ribeye. It needs a bit of age on it, mm-hmm. somewhere in the 42 to 60 day range. A yeah. little bit stinky, smells mm-hmm. a little bit bluey cheese. Yep. Olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, maybe a bit of fresh dill on that. Ice cold beer and four shots of whiskey. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> Perfect. That's awesome. Sounds great. I might just do that for dinner tonight. So. There you go. <laughs> thank you, Ryan. Ted, thank, thank you. you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. Check us out at Ted Grills and at Ted Reader Barbecue, the joint. Yep. Hope to see you around. For meet sure. you, talk barbecue, and have some fun. Yeah, if you're ever out uh, Calgary way, by all means, let me know. We'll uh, get together. I will be. For sure. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Thank you to Ted Reeder, the godfather of the grill, for joining me on the show this week. It was great hearing his story and an honor to talk to a fellow Canadian who has enjoyed a great career in the food and restaurant industry. You're listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it's time now to take a quick look at the Canadian Barbecue Society events calendar, brought to you by Alberta Innovates. Our province is a hotbed of innovation. Now in Season 2, Shifts host Katie Dean and John Hagen put the spotlight in Alberta and innovators working to improve the world one ripple at a time. Here's a taste of the Shift podcast by Alberta Innovates. Make Shift by Alberta Innovates your next podcast binge. Join us as we take a deep dive with the people that are driving Alberta's 21st century economy. These global movers and shakers are working to solve today's challenges, create new opportunities, and build a healthy, sustainable, and prosperous future for Albertans today and for generations to come. Just when you think you know all about Alberta, we're here to shift your perspective. I don't know if I could stress this enough. We have a top three institution in arguably the most important technology in the entire world right now. We will prove a lot of people wrong by coming out of this even stronger. And the way we will do it is by finding ways to help businesses be cash flow positive and by willing to you know, find the ways that we can help. We're just starting to scratch the surface. I mean, Calgary just this uh, last month announced the fact that they broke their record again for venture capital investment. And some of this is in fintech, some of this is in a whole bunch of different areas where we originally didn't even have these types of core industries in Alberta. We have diversification in our DNA. We just have forgotten about it. Sincerely, we are blessed in Alberta to have all the infrastructure that we do have. Tune in to Shift by visiting shift.albertainnovates.ca or your favorite podcast app. Find Shift Podcast by Alberta Innovates on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find it at shift.albertainnovates.ca. That's shift.albertainnovates.ca. Coming up on the events calendar, there are two different backyard events in Saint-Jacques, Quebec, and also in Septile, Quebec, on August the 14th. That same weekend in Edmonton, it's the Porkapalooza Edmonton Barbecue Festival. The event is sold out, but registration is open for the doubleheader competition on the Labor Day weekend in Didsbury, Alberta. Friday and Saturday is the Didsbury Lions competition, and then Saturday, Sunday is the 30th annual Barbecue on the Bow event. I have been hearing rumblings out of Ontario that there's something coming there, so keep your eyes on the Canadian Barbecue Society website at www.cbbqs.ca for updates. 
the Eat More Barbecue Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. My network shout out this week goes to Travis and Ty and the Two and Out CFL Podcast. CFL training camps are underway and the first game of the season is just over a week away. And personally, I cannot wait to see CFL football back. It has been way, way too long. Travis and Ty will keep you up to date on all the player moves and other news around the league. Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to To and Out and all the other great shows on the network. That's our app, everybody. See y'all next week. Hey, friends. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of joints on the Barbecue Trail site and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joint some love. Give me a follow on Twitter at Eat More Barbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of Eat More Barbecue Digital Media. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking. <laughs>